empowered, you're mistrustful. So I think clarity around what is being measured if you're going to empower people. What are some of the most important measurements that go down that chute, go down that channel that incorporates trust? Well, I, I think in most business circumstances, as, as well as in personal ones, you want to know what is going to be done. What are the deliverables? What is being measured? What are the time frames that are expected? What are the resources that are available? That can be time, money, or other resources. But I think you want to have those sorts of things. And then you want to know who is ultimately responsible? Who has been empowered? Where does the buck stop? And if you have all of those, then I think you have a system that is empowering people, where people are trusted, where their deliverables are measured, time frames are measured, budgets and resources are measured, and then you can have success. Again, prior to meeting Stephen M. R. Covey, I believed that trust was baked into your DNA, that you were either trustworthy or you weren't. It was whatever, you know, nature versus nurture, get out your Carl Jung, your Sigmund Freud, whatever the heck you want, but you were born that way. But obviously talking to Stephen and, you know, in your book, you indicate that trust is really something that you can learn, that you can apply, that you can develop a means of becoming more trustworthy and trusting other people. You want to share a little bit of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you can be intentional, just like you can learn to be a leader you can become intentional about being trustworthy. I think there's sort of personal trustworthiness and then there's building a high trust organization. And what this book tries to address is the notion that there are laws that you can use. There are methods and procedures you use if you're going to build high trust into the culture of an organization. Now it does happen to start with the trustworthiness of the leader, with the integrity of the leader. And a lot of that is a function of your value system, how you were raised, how you see. Now, can you rewrite that operating system? Yes. Is it tough? Yes, it's tough. So I think, I think it does start with trustworthy human beings, but then I think it can be disseminated throughout an enterprise. But it's, it has to permeate. It's, it becomes a cultural thing. It's totally a cultural thing. If you get it right, you've actually developed a high trust organization. Okay. We talked about the challenges involved in developing trust, in growing trust, in supporting and augmenting and, and whatnot. Once you lose trust, can you get it back? How, how much more difficult is it to get it back? A lot more. It's what I call one-way sticky. In other words, you build it up a layer at a time, a molecule at a time, a conversation at a time, and you can destroy it in a minute with a single act, you can destroy trust. That is very tough to rebuild. So the issue of betrayal, if you never trust, you'll never be betrayed. And so when there are minor betrayals, you want to find out if it was over a misunderstanding or there are some things that can quite easily be forgiven and fixed. You want to do that if you want to build a high trust organization so that you're not building on a false footing. But it's tough to rebuild. What types of communications or communication plans should a leader be formulating and adhering to to augment and develop and lay in those fine layers of trust? How should communication work? It's interesting. I was just on Bloomberg TV and uh, they asked me, you know, what is the element, what is the law of trust that most leaders are likely to break? And I said, I, I actually think it's probably communication. They don't communicate. They don't communicate before, during, and after events. They don't communicate lavishly, more than they ever would think necessary. And part of communication is listening. Listening without an agenda. Absorbing. 
And so they have to communicate good news and bad news. They just have to stay in constant contact with people if they want to have people trust them. People are smart. They assume things. If they're not told, they assume the worst. So I think that there are always going to be discussions around the water cooler. And so I think what you want to do is make sure that you're controlling those conversations. You're providing the information. Creating a common dream, that's law number five. That sounds ambitious, altruistic, almost romantic. (laughs) The common dream, not necessarily my dream, but the common dream. How does a group, a team, a company go about creating that common dream? I think the most important part is the creating part, is the being asked, is the understanding what people want to do. And I think what the leader does is capture the common dreams of all the folks that he's working with and say, what is the peak that we want to climb? What does winning look like?